We're going to be, uh, we're going to be drawing some thoughts from uh, Acts chapter 17 this morning. We have enjoyed the series. The first message was, my God is for me. No matter what your circumstances may be this morning, no matter where, you're, where you live or what's going on, God wants you to know he's already voted for you. Your, his, his blessing has already been released, and he wants you to receive it. The, next, the second message was, my God is with me. No matter where you're at, no matter where you're going, no matter what's, what's on your calendar, uh, God is traveling with you today. And he wants you to know everything he's, you, you, you see, every thought we have, everything we hear. God is also listening to what's going on in our life. And, and he's with you in every step of the journey of life. And he gives us some powerful words that encourage ourselves many times. When I'm for you, who can be against you? I, uh, I process life as I make many miles a week. And, uh, but I, ho- I was privileged to uh, help with Coach Hendrickson's uh, memorial service yesterday at the uh, uh, school auditorium. And, uh, and a few days earlier than that, I'd sat with Ronnie Redinger, our retired funeral director, as the stories began to flow across the Hendrickson dining table about Coach Hendrickson who'd been our coach for twice, two, two different times. And then he had been the leading coach until last year but by having the greatest or the most championship football uh, wins in the state of Oklahoma. Last year he was beat out late in the season by another coach. But uh, this story passed uh, across the table and I shared it with the congregation and most of you weren't there yesterday so I'm gonna share it again. Coach had, uh, too loud. Uh, <clears throat> it's just right for me, Kevin, but I, I believe I want to have peace when I get home. Sherry says it's a little loud. There's more ways than one to make this. All right, back to my story. Coach Hendrickson had coached a magnificent football game in Sealing, and uh, uh, the, it had been a great game, but there was one problem. There was a mother in the crowd whose son never did get off the bench to play in the game. And uh, I don't know about you, I've, I've had uh, at least one occasion where somebody was very angry and kind of told me off. But uh, anyhow, she runs up to Coach Hendrickson after the game, and as soon as it, he, she could get clearance, she ran right up in front of him, looked him right in the eye and said, Coach, if I was your wife, I would poison you. And he looked her in the eye and he said, and if you were my wife, I would drink it. I've been challenged a few times in life, but not like that. So I, I left feeling pretty good about things. I've been told off a few times, but not in that order. But I've had some good news to tell you this morning. Uh, uh, Jesus paid our debt in full. And that's a message we're going we're to finish up with this morning. Last Sunday, I really enjoyed uh, this, the message, uh, My God Can Do Anything. And we're living in an hour when God just wants to show off in our lives. But he, has to, he, he only comes through invitation. He'll knock at our heart's door, but you've got to open the door for him. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and I'll dine with him and he with me. I want to pause right now and say this is the best eating church I've ever attended. 
We've got great cooks. We've got great people who know how to decorate. We're getting ready for the sweetheart banquet. And uh, we're going to have a great feast here in a few days, this month being uh, Valentine's month. And, uh, but, but I want you this morning to uh, take a few moments and let's just pull up to the table of the Lord. And I've asked the Lord to anoint these lips of clay. And I'm going to preach to us this morning. I'm going to say some things to us. Everything that I say are, as I stand behind this pulpit is as much for me or more than it is for, for you. And things that didn't speak to me, uh, you never hear about it. But uh, we're going to be looking at some scripture this morning. And I want to begin with uh, uh, Acts chapter 17. And I'm going to read verses 28 and 29. Can you help me with that, Kevin? I'm sorry I failed to give that to you. Acts chapter 17. It would help if I, I was there. It reads like this in the New King James Version. For in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are his offspring. Everything in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. And all, it's all because we're his offspring. It's talking about we're a child of God. Did you notice in the uh, DVD we had a clip of just a few moments ago? Jesus said to his disciples, except you be converted and become his little children, you have no part in the kingdom. Most of you know children most of the time are teachable. And God wants us to have a teachable spirit. The day we cannot be told something that will encourage us, the day we can't receive a word that will help us through the journey of life, we're probably ready for the grave. Every day is a learning time in our life. And... Uh, and Acts chapter 17 words it so well. For in him we live, we live, move, and have our being. The things that God is concerned about are wrapped up in the scripture this morning. Uh, and I want to use three points today. God is concerned in the way that we live. He pays close, close attention to the way that I live. He sees my shortcomings. He sees my my times when I'm working, walking in harmony. He sees the times when I'm out of harmony. He sees when I'm discouraged. He sees when I'm brokenhearted. He, he sees when I'm kind of locked up with circumstances that I really don't have the answer for. But I can tell you something. If Jesus did miracles in the Old Testament as well as the New, then I can tell you the days of miracles are not over. And everybody said, Amen. let me ask this question. Maybe you're here this morning and you need a miracle. And maybe you're here with a question, how do you know that God still does miracles? Well, some friends that I grew up and went to school with told me one day I was the luckiest man alive. I didn't believe it, but I was dumb enough to ask him why. And he said, you're lucky. You're the luckiest person I know because somebody hadn't killed you already. Now, I didn't believe that, but he, he was close enough to me. He knew he could get by with it. But listen, God is concerned, number one, the way we live. You know, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says the thief, meaning that we all have an enemy. It's the devil. It's not your mother-in-law. It's the devil. And we all have an enemy. And in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says the thief comes up for to steal and to kill and destroy. That's exactly what the enemy tries to do. He wants to steal the things that God does for us. 
In his presence, there's fullness of joy. I've came out of a time of prayer, and immediately the phone has rang, or somebody's been at the front door, or I got in my vehicle to go somewhere, and it just seemed like my bucket had a hole in it all of a sudden. My emotions changed over something that happened immediately. But listen to me, the enemy wants, the first thing he wants to do is steal your joy. And God knows this morning when my joy bucket is full and when my joy bucket's got a hole in it. Remember the song, My Bucket's Got a Hole in It? Some of you aren't old enough to remember that. It's still true today. And I, no matter where you're at in the journey of life, God, God doesn't want to patch you up. He wants to make you new, brand new on the inside. When he, we allow him to have the fullness of our life, and when, when we commit our ways to the Lord, he will guide us and direct us in the path we, he wants us to walk. The way that we live is very important because it affects others that we face. The way that we live can be a blessing to those around. The psalmist David said one day, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And verse 2 said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who cleanses you from all unrighteousness, who heals all your disease, who delivers you from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness, who fills your mouth with good stuff. It says things, I call it stuff. With good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Let me ask you this morning, how many are in the building? You'll just be honest with me, you're a little weary this morning. Just me and Jim. Well, Jim, you feel free to say amen because the rest of these people are rested up. They're ready to go up. You and I, we're dragging a little this morning. God wants you to know he's here to strengthen you in our hour of weakness in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 is a verse that I uh, commit to uh, memory for my own good, not so I can stand and tell you what it says, but, but in the journey of life, our spirit gets weary even though we hear the alarm. We get up. We have a schedule. Some of us have to be at work at a certain time. People are expecting us to show up to perform the calling that we are fulfilling in this life. But listen to me. I can tell you something. Isaiah chapter 40, 31 is better than an alarm clock. When that alarm clock goes off and you want to push the snooze button, you're just prolonging agony. <laughs> you're going to have to get up. It may be that second or third reset, but snooze button that you've hit. But listen, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, the old prophet penned it like this. But they, those who wait upon the Lord, will renew their strength. You can mount up with wings as eagles. You can run and not be weary. You can walk and not faint. Another writer says, don't get weary in well-doing. Anybody ever been discouraged besides a pastor? In the journey of life, we all hit a wall at times. At times, we, things just go the wrong direction, even though we intended for it to go a different direction. There's just been times, no matter how hard we work, we just couldn't reach the expectation of other people. But in the journey of life, God is still able to do what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that we're able to think or ask, according to that power that worketh in us. And which that, that just simply means if you'll believe what he says, it'll work for you. Let me say that again. I only got two amens. If you'll believe what the Bible says, the Bible will work for you. That's a little better. I want to go out another time. If you'll just believe. How many believers do we have in the house? Come on, let me see. Nearly 
I, I'm telling you, everybody's a believer. If you'll just believe what it says, it'll do what it says for you. And everybody said, yeah. amen. You did good. You woke up a couple of people that were starting to nod. Listen, God wants you to know that he's come that you can have life in abundance. How many are a little short in abundance this morning? Maybe you had a deep discussion with your spouse on the way to church. Maybe your kid got a little unruly today and you just kind of lost it before you got here. The phone rang and you weren't expecting to be challenged this early of a morning. God wants you to know that he comes that you can have an abundance of life. He wants you to know that he wants to fill you with joy. The Bible says in his presence there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Listen to me. When you follow Jesus, you can have more fun here than you can at Disney World. And it doesn't cost you a fortune to get in. And you don't have to fight the traffic. And you don't have to go to Florida or California. I'm telling you, God wants you to know right here, I'm the pastor of Northwest Oklahoma, right out of here in the grassland of Oklahoma, you can be blessed by the Lord. He can strengthen you. He can lift you up today. He can, he can renew the kindred spirit in you. And he can make you realize that he's for you and not against you. And a good part of it is God paid for your bill. On a couple of occasions, there's a lady here this morning. I'm not going to call her name, but her husband came to the restaurant one morning, and I was seated with a gentleman, and, and, and he reached and picked up our, our breakfast tab. And, uh, and Ronnie Redinger says, who was that man? And I said, he, he's, he's a, a friend that attends Elm Grove. He said, well, I've never known him. I said, well, your bill's on there, so it's going to get paid too. <laughs> Listen to me. Your bill was on Jesus' table, but he paid for your bill. I was laughed till I almost got aggravated when I traveled with two brothers and a brother-in-law in Southern Gospel Music. We travel for several years, and I'm not a breakfast eater, but don't ever set a big juicy cinnamon roll in front of me because I'll change my mind in a twinkling of an eye. That morning I'd ordered cinnamon roll. The guys had ordered uh, two eggs and and waffles and bacon and I mean they, they had just loaded down for breakfast well we were going to travel all day and I don't like to travel uh, uh, top heavy let's just put it that way so uh, anyhow uh, we were traveling in a 70 model brand new Kingswood Estate Chevy uh, station wagon and we had a trailer painted to match it with our, our name of our group on it and a, and a couple as they walked in they said uh, you, you men wouldn't be the uh, gospel singing group, would you? And, and one of the gentlemen said, yes, we are. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. And we had already, our, our breakfast was already on the table. I had already inhaled part of my uh, cinnamon roll. And the gentleman says, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll, I'll do. If you guys will stand up and sing, I'll pay for your breakfast. The three of them looked at their plate and looked at my cinnamon roll. They said, we'll do that. I, I, heard, I heard the singing of you got cheated and we got blessed all day long because they got the full breakfast. Let me say this this morning. God doesn't leave you out. You can order what you want at the table. I'm, I'm telling you, if you're discouraged this morning, God wants you to pull up to the table and just talk to him. Did, did you know God, talking to God is prayer? And you know what prayer is? It's just simply talking to the Lord. You don't have to talk to him in Hebrew or Greek. 
I've said this before, but he knows what this means. Help me! Well, is that the way you pray sometimes? When you're not around? And she's not around? Listen, God wants you to just to pull up the table, and he already knows what you're carrying. And his invitation is, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And listen to this. And he says, I'll pick up the tab. What would you ask from the Lord today if you really believed that God was picking up the tab on your life? What do you really need this morning? Is it in the financial realm? You really need God to show up and perform a miracle today. Maybe you have a, a terminal disease and it's a health issue that you really need God to show up. And you, you, if he would just show up and do what you wanted him to do, would it be in the healing for your physical body? Or maybe your relationship is shattered between you and your family this morning or a spouse and you'd give anything if, if God would just come into your life and put some super glue on your life this morning and bind up a relationship that the enemy has been so successful in destroying. Listen, God is for you this morning. God can do exceeding abundantly and above all that we're able to think or ask. And I'm just here to tell you how good he really is. And I want to stir something that's on the inside of you. And that's his spirit. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. I want you to know that God wants you to know that he's picking up the tab on your life. So don't dream small. Dream big. Because he's a God of any, can do anything. And he is really concerned that he takes care of his kids. We're just coming through Christmas. Have, is there anybody here besides the, my family that toward Christmas... You've heard this from one of the youngsters. Uh, do you think we could afford that for Christmas? Papa, is there any way that we could have that for Christmas? You already know before you, they, you answer them that uh, you're going to make a way. Listen, the, our Heavenly Father wants you to ask. He already has a table spread this morning. He wants you to know he's inviting you to come to his table this morning. It's not about a religion. It's about recognizing him as father, daddy God. He wants to walk into our life every day. And he wants us to recognize him by saying, Lord, I just thank you that you brought me this far. And you, I live, move, and have our being. You paid it all that I can have a life of abundance. I'll never have to be nailed on a cross for my sins because you took my sins. And when you hung on the cross, you nailed every sin that I have to the cross so that I can go free. And your word says, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Give him praise in the house this morning. He's worthy of our praise. The way that we believe. Some people believe that, you know, just, just putting on a front really will cut it. Let me tell you something. I couldn't put on a good front if I had to. I couldn't act young again if I had to. But let me tell you something. I can enjoy myself in the journey of life. I can enjoy still being a boy. I can still remember how I enjoyed squealing the tires when I was 16. I can still enjoy thinking about the airplane that I, airplanes that I was privileged to fly. And I'd look down many times and I'd see the highway patrol pulling somebody over and I'd say, ee, 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 you're not going to get me. I enjoyed those days. Those were speeding days. And I love, there's something about traveling fast It's still... Uh, Pumps the adrenaline. Especially when you look in the rearview mirror and say, oops, 
I probably shouldn't have been doing that. God wants you to know that he created you in his own image. He gave you his spirit. And all he asks you to do is just allow my word to cultivate, allow my word to work for you every day. Allow me to reach into your heart and take the undesirables away. It's not about religion. It's about trusting Daddy God that what he says is what he'll do. And here's what I like about him. He doesn't have any grandkids. We're just all his kids. Some of us with more mileage than others, but we're still all kids. And he said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Sure, he was talking about the spiritual need. When I'm discouraged, I can ask him for encouragement. When I'm down and out, he can lift me up. He can set me on a rock. And I can enjoy the transition that he takes me. When I I'm just seem to be exhausted, he said, they that wait upon the Lord. Lord, I'm waiting on you. I'm needing a touch of your super on my natural today that I can soar with the eagles. Because right now, I feel like I'm in a chicken pen. <laughs> he knows all about chicken pens. He knows all about the turkeys that are scratching in the, in the chicken pens this morning. A goose one day accidentally landed in a chicken pen, and they had a conversation when the sun rose. The duck was looking around. He was flapping his wings. He was, he was trying to find a way out of the pen. The chicken says, you might as well scratch with us. You're not getting out. But the duck knew better. He knew he had, had wings to soar. And, and as the chickens were being fed that morning, he began to flap those wings. He began to raise his elevation. And he continued to flap those wings. And finally he got high enough that he could soar over the fence and the way that he went. Listen to me. Don't talk, let the world talk you out of what you can do with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can tell you, Sherry and I have been married since June the 19th of 1959, but it certainly took a lot of super glue from the Lord Jesus Christ to keep her glued to me. Oh, come on. This isn't a funeral this morning. I, I know there's at least one more in here. I can see him whispering now to his wife. We'll move on. Listen, God, God cares. God cares about you. He, want, he wants you to... Don't, the enemy's business is to get you to dwell on your problems. He wants, you, he wants to tell you how far behind you are with your payment books. He wants to tell you how far you are behind in society. He wants, you to, he, wants, he wants to talk you out of just being who you really are. But listen, I can tell you what the Bible says. You're the head and not the tail. You're the above and not the beneath. And Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the reason I can say this is because Jesus has put, picked up the tab on my table and he's paid it in full. Yeah. My third point this morning, before I go to the third point, Jesus came to this world so we could know once and for all that God is concerned about the way we live. I pray for our politicians today as I hear the, the words that are spoken to, from one, one to the other. And I, I would just like to yell loud enough that they could get through the TV screen and say, watch your words, the power of life and death is in the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And boy, there's some really bad fruit that's gonna be harvested someday. 
Listen to me. Listen to me this morning. God is concerned about the way we live. He's also concerned the way that we believe. And he's also concerned about the condition we're in when we die. And the way we live is, is this morning. I'm, I'm not saying that living for Jesus doesn't have his challenging moments. In fact, the Bible tells me that you're, we're going to have challenging moments. In Psalms chapter 34, verse 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. And God wants you to know no matter how low you are, he wants to pick you up. He wants to cuddle you in his arms and tell you how precious you are today. And he wants to plant your feet on a higher ground when you leave here than you were when you came. You've got to believe that no matter where you've been or no matter what you've done, that God doesn't have a scorecard and he's going to send you to the back of the line and you're going to have to start over. Right where you're at, you can say, Father, forgive me. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I know I messed up. I screwed up. I want you to be Lord of my life. And from this day onward, give me the strength not to continue to make a mistake. And let me say this this morning. If you made a mistake, don't let that identify who you are. The Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And let me say this one more time. There's no big sin and there's no little sin. Have you ever heard this? Well, what I did might not have been right, but it wasn't as bad as what I've seen him do. You haven't talked to the Lord. The Bible says if I have broken one of his commandments, I'm guilty of breaking them all. Well, I don't do that, but I know this wasn't right. But listen to me. Listen to me. There's nothing big or little in failing the Lord. We've just all failed. We've all failed. We've all sinned. And it's so awesome to realize that he does not compare your life with somebody else. And in the journey of life, he wants you to know that you need to believe in yourself. You need to believe in God. And you need to believe when Jesus comes into our life, he can transform our life. Old things can pass away. The old sinful nature has to go. And Jesus Christ allows the Holy Spirit to move in and flood our life. The way we believe. Hebrews 13, 6. Listen. Before I share that word, you've got to believe what this good book says. This is not a history book. This is a roadmap for all of us. And I'm telling you, the way that we believe was very important. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, but without faith, faith to believe that this will work for you. Faith to believe that his word doesn't return void, but it will accomplish what he says it'll do. And it'll do what he says it'll do. But without faith in it, it's impossible to please God. Without faith. Faith in what? Faith, not in politics. Faith in the Word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Do you believe there's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? If you do, let me hear you say amen. Amen. If you believe John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes on Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe that's really there? If you do, say amen. 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 Then you're a believer this morning, and I want you to know every opportunity, every blessing in the Word is yours. Write your name on it, and know that God put it in there for you and me. It's a road, it's a road map for us. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You can walk the hallways of faith in Hebrews chapter 6 and see the rewards of all the heroes 
that by faith they put their trust in the word of God and it carried them through thick and thin. God was with them every step of the way. He, some lived to see the promises come true and some left this earth still waiting for the promise knowing that they had faith that God would meet them at the end of the journey here on this earth. The third point I want to leave with you this morning is God is concerned about the way we die. Everyone has an appointment. The Bible says it's appointed for a man once to die and after that to judgment. And how we live this morning determines how we're going to die. When we make Jesus Lord of our life, Romans 10 9 says, If I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him to the dead, I can be saved. My daddy, being a Pentecostal preacher, didn't make me a Christian. I was one of the honorest preacher's kids that ever walked the planet Earth. But I can tell you, when Jesus came into our, my life, things changed. I became brand new on the inside. I'll never forget, I, w- I went through high school feel like, feeling like I was from the lower class. I, I just didn't have a good, I just didn't feel good about myself, and I didn't really like myself, I guess. And I just, I just until my senior year, and with the help of Sherry, things began to change in my life, and I began to look at things different. And I'll never forget Coach Ebanks. As I walked out of the psychology class, caught me by the shoulder, as I walked out the door, and, and I, under my breath, I was saying, thank God I won't ever have to take psychology and economics again. And he grabbed me by the shoulder, and he said, Orville, I, I just want to say something to you. He was a, one of the greatest football coaches for you ever had. The field is named after him. He had a, just, a, just a real, you couldn't measure two inches any closer. It just gray hair all around his bright, shiny, bald head. And every time when, the sun would be shining in the, the room in the afternoon and boy you'd get really sleepy and some of the, the teaching and one day he asked me a question and and rather than say I didn't know I gave him a dumb answer and he asked a, uh, another boy a, a question and he was about to sleep too and he gave him another uh, dumb answer and I'll never forget he takes his hands and he messes up that that gray two inch hair and he says hell's britches I'm not doing any good to any of you kids today. <laughs> Well, Hell's Bridges didn't look very healthy that day. But he grabbed me by the shoulder the, the, the day that I walked out of his class. And he said something to me that changed my life. He said, Orville, I've been teaching. And he told me how many years I've been coaching. And I always went to his class knowing I wasn't a football player, so I was of, of less value in his class. Uh, I, we lived 14 miles from home, and band practice and football practice was after hours, and we rode a school bus. But when he grabbed my arm, he said, I I want to tell you something. Uh, Of all the teaching that I've been involved in throughout the years here at Fear of You, I've saw more change in you than I've seen in anybody I've ever seen walk through the hall. And it didn't give me the big head. Uh, I I fought some tears to think that I had gone through school with a chip on my shoulder and and grading myself uh, of a lower degree and to have a coach that, I'd never played football for, uh, tell me uh, that he'd notice a change in my life. Let me say this this morning. I don't have the ability to change my life, but my, but my best friend does. I, I don't have the ability to shun the wrong and do the right thing, but my friend does. And the day he walked into my life, he began to rearrange the furniture in my life. 
And he said, don't worry about the cost. I paid for the, you're paid for in full. Just let me rearrange your life so that you'll enjoy the things that come and go. And when difficult times come, be assured of one thing. I'm going to be with you always to the end. When you don't know what the answer is, you remember I'm going to answer the tough things for you. And if you don't have the answer, let me talk to you. And I'll speak in a very soft way and I'll never embarrass you. The days when you get weary and want to throw in the towel and quit. Come talk to me before you leave because I will renew your strength. I'll cause you to want to go back to the table of the Lord. And I want you to continue doing what I've called you to do. God could have done things other, in other ways, of course. All throughout the pages of the Old Testament and the lives of people, it's by the written word we see how he, reached, he was able to reach into the lives and change them. And Jesus today is still just as much alive through the word of God as he was in the days of old. He's still able to do what he promised he'd do, and he'll still deliver on his promises. The way we die is very important. Jesus says to Lazarus' sister, Martha, Martha and Mary had sent for him four days before he arrived. Lazarus, their, their brother, was sick. He was, he was at the point of death four days before Jesus got there. And by the time Jesus arrived, Lazarus was dead. And, and, he, and, and, and Mary and Martha loved their brother. And, and they looked at Jesus and said, uh, Lord, if you just got here sooner, if you just got here a few days sooner, Lazarus would still be alive. But you got here too late. And Jesus says, Martha, you don't understand. I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, will live again. And Jesus, or Jesus, said, or, uh, Jesus says, where have you laid him? They took G Jesus to the graveside. And Jesus looked at the corpse that his sisters had given up on. And Jesus spoke these words, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus stood and came alive at the word of Jesus. I close this morning by saying this. If you have dreams of something coming to true in your life, but you've allowed those dreams or visions to die, I want to invite you to let Jesus speak to you this morning. Maybe you've given up on something that you have just settled in your mind. It's never going to work out for me. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, it says the contrary. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, to all who are called according to his purpose. And the calling of God is upon every individual in this building this morning. And he wants you to know he cares, he understands, he's made provision for you. And he don't want you giving up. He don't want you turning the deaf ear to his word this morning. He's saying, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Now I want you to stand at your feet today.